Good morning, Happy Valley, and welcome again to another edition of the Good Morning Happy Valley podcast on the Happy Valley Insider, aka PennState.Rivals.com uh, website. Uh, I'm joined by a special guest today. Usually I have Dylan with me talking football because it, it is football season, but it's it's actually recruiting season for wrestling too. So I want to welcome to the show Joey Quender, our wrestling analyst. Joe, how's it going? Good, Rich. How are you, man? I'm good, man. Can't complain. Um, I mean, Penn State Wrestling just got some uh, some pretty big news uh, recently when P.J. Duke made his uh, announcement uh, this past weekend. Um, just talk a little bit about P.J. Duke and what it means other than the fact that he is the number one recruit in the country for flow. Yeah, well, obviously, like you mentioned, he's the number one recruit out of this class. Um, mm-hmm. You know, he brings a high-powered offense, um, a lot of a lot of explosiveness, great technique. Um, mm-hmm. He's got a lot of accolades. You know, he was a uh, an Ironman champ, uh, Super Thirty Two champ, Fargo champ. Um, mm-hmm. He's registered for Super Thirty Two again next month, so he's going to look to defend that title. He's nice. coming off a little bit of an injury with a with a labrum uh, shoulder injury, mm-hmm. um, but you know he's got. Two more. He's got two more years of high school wrestling. He's looking healthy, and obviously, since he's registered for the Super Thirty Two, things are are looking good in terms of his recovery. But I mean, yeah. this is a big pickup for the Lions. Huge. Um, you know, this is going to be the second consecutive class that they've picked up the number one recruit uh, next year. They're going to be bringing in uh, Joe Seely, mm-hmm. which is obviously another big one. And Luke Lilladell is also in that class, and um, he's also a top five recruit out of the twenty twenty four class. But PJ Duke. Um, being the number one recruit and out of the 25 class and committing to Penn State just really solidifies how strong this recruiting class is. Mm-hmm. And these next two years in terms of recruits are just huge for Penn State. It's really going to solidify this this lineup that's already strong, that's already so robust and so dominant. I mean, the, Penn State's projected to just walk away with the national team title this year. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and then on top of it, and the 2025 class is really strong anyway. And, and PJ Duke's commitment just really solidifies, um, you know, how strong, how robust this, this, this team is going to be for the next, you know, three, four or five years um, before they even arrive on campus. So it's, it's big. Yeah, no, I mean, anytime you get the number one recruit in the country, it's, it's pretty big. Anytime you do it back to back classes, it's huge, but uh huge, huge. Yeah. I know you talked about Duke before and his injury uh, situation. Now he missed half his sophomore campaign, if I'm right. Yeah, um, if you watch that Iron Man match, um, mm-hmm. you know he he was controlling the match. He was dominating the match. Mm-hmm. Um, the score doesn't necessarily reflect that, but you know he actually took two injury timeouts from neutral because that shoulder was giving him some issues. So, and okay. it, you can tell visibly after the second injury timeout that he's starting to get kind of frustrated with it. You can actually hear the the Blair Academy coaches, mm-hmm. you know, telling uh, I can't off the top of my head. I can't remember who he wrestled in the finals, but um, you can hear this player Academy coaches really telling their wrestler to attack that left hand, which is the left, you know, connect to the left shoulder that uh, Duke had injured. So mm-hmm. um, yeah, half the season was missed, but I think it's really encouraging um, the fact that he's already registered for a super 32, which is, you know, mm-hmm. technically an exhibition tournament. Um, the fact that he's registered for that is, is really encouraging for, for, you know, fans and everything. And even for the coaching staff at Penn state, mm-hmm. um, that this isn't going to be something that's long and drawn out like other injuries might be. Obviously, the shoulders are incredibly crucial, not only for offensive wrestling, but defensive wrestling as well, especially at the collegiate level. Your mm-hmm. head and your hands are really what stop what stop shots, you know. And so, um, yeah, I, I just think that 
that the fact that he's registered at 150 for the Super 32, which is a very tough tournament, and like I said, it's an exhibition tournament, super encouraging mm-hmm. for the for the injury. Yeah. Now, will this be his first? Um, I guess first match in, since the injury, or I believe so. Yeah, I don't think he did any wrestling this summer due to the injury. So okay, uh, it required surgery. So mm-hmm. um, I believe this will be his first competition since then. Gotcha. So I mean, he's uh technically the defending champ there too, right? I guess. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Gotcha. Absolutely. Yeah. No, that's huge. So now, um, other than PJ Duke, I know uh, Penn State also has two other uh, 2025 commitments. Let's just talk about them. Uh, do, you, do you prefer to start with Perry or Cunningham? Um, it doesn't really matter. Cunningham is actually the son of Casey Cunningham, so mm-hmm. no real surprise at him him committing to Penn State with Casey being there. He's been uh, on Kale Sanderson's coaching staff for pretty much since, I believe, yeah. since Kale <laughs> has actually been in Happy Valley. Um, he's projected at 65, and then there's Dalton Perry at 141. Um, you know, I'm really excited to see how the 2025 class kind of rounds out because something that Penn State has a knack of doing is taking talent that uh, I'm not going to sit here and say that they don't get number one recruits. Um, mm-hmm. you know, they've gotten number one recruits in the past. Shane Van Ness is one, Morgan McIntosh, another, David mm-hmm. Taylor's another, um, Mark Hall. Uh, you know, they get high level talent, but they also have a knack of taking talent that isn't necessarily cream of the crop and making it really, mm-hmm. this is why this team has won so many team titles. They were able to develop talent and, and make it work to their advantage. I'm not saying that either Perry or Cunningham are, are not cream of the crop recruits, but mm-hmm. I'm saying that this, this team has a knack of taking Necess- not necessarily the best co- uh, high school wrestlers and turning them into college wrestlers that can compete for national titles, compete and, and get on the podium at the national mm-hmm. tournament, which is why this has translated to such a successful dynasty over the past 15 years. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I mean, in terms of the next two years, I just think that it's really going to solidify how, how, how strong this team is going to be for years to come. Yeah, and now it's you were talking about rounding out the twenty twenty five class. Do we do we know who might be next in that uh for up for commitment? Um, it's pretty speculative at this point, and not necessarily anybody comes to mind that's like a a given. Mm-hmm. But I would expect to see Jude Correa possibly commit to the lines. Um, you know, okay. maybe early in the spring. He was at the whiteout game this past weekend, mm-hmm. and. I'm going to be honest with you. I think that really does bode well. And he's going to be in that upper weight area. Um, Flo even has talked about him potentially being a heavyweight. Um, But he would be really good for that 197 class. Um, You know, as it stands right now, Penn State's really looking strong in the 49, 57, 65, and 74. Mm -hmm. That middle range has always been just their strength. and you know, with Duke and all the other names I've already committed, that middle of the lineup is just going to be an absolute masterclass for Penn State for probably the next five, six, seven years. Mm-hmm. Um, moving forward, though, uh, I'm interested to see what they can do with with the upper weights and even even the lower weights as well. But the whole lineup so strong right now. Anybody who comes in that room is really going to develop well, and it's just really the sky's the limit for them. Awesome. So now you were just mentioning the weights. Now, just just to clarify, Perry one forty one. Yes, yeah, nay. Um. Now Duke. I know some people have talked about one forty nine, but since he's at one fifty for thirty two, we're going to assume one fifty seven. Yeah, fifty seven or sixty five is probably what he's going to be 
looking mm-hmm. at at least for the first couple years of college. No, okay. I mean, you get in the weight room and you get you get to college and you put some weight on and you develop a little bit more and turn it to mm-hmm. a man. Who knows? Who knows what will mm-hmm. happen? Um, but yeah, we're looking at 57 or 65 right now. It makes things kind of interesting because when he gets on campus, Levi Haynes will be a senior, I believe. Yeah. And um, <laughs> you know, he was at 57 this past year and, and made to the finals and, you know, just absolutely mean a mark on on the entire country in that weight class. Yeah. Not really sure if he's going to end up at 57 or 65 this year, but either way, PJ Duke's going to have probably, I would imagine probably the best wrestler in the country at that point as mm-hmm. his, as his practice partner, first day in, in state college. Yeah, I can't um, believe we're already saying Levi Haynes senior. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. I mean, he's yeah. got three more years to go, but I mean, yeah. it's, think about it i mean when these kids come on campus as freshmen they're gonna have mm-hmm. such well-rounded talent to train with on a daily basis and yeah that's what's made this team so dominant for for years is mm-hmm. it's just a constant cycle of kids getting in that room and getting better because they're wrestling with the best kids in the country every single day all year mm-hmm. long yeah no kidding and then uh cunningham just 165 we think right yeah i think probably 165 there Gotcha. And then um, you mentioned it before, but these guys being at the whiteout, I'm sure that was a huge selling point for, uh, geez, for, for Duke and for potentially Correa. But do, do you think that they're going to try to do this every year and just bring as many wrestling recruits to the whiteout and, and just different atmospheres, like maybe even a basketball game because they're starting to be on the rise? Yeah, I mean, I think the football games are obviously a huge selling point because Penn State football has always been such a tradition. Um, mm-hmm. You know, you you think back, you take anybody to a Penn State football game, they feel that atmosphere. It's 110,000 people screaming at the top of their lungs. And then you mm-hmm. get a team that performs the way the Lions did last week, well, last weekend, giving up no points. The, fe- the defense was absolutely incredible. Not to say that that wins over wrestlers per se, but mm-hmm. I mean, the tradition of athletics there is so strong. I think that really what is going to happen is you're going to see more of these recruits at more, at more sporting events. But in my opinion, the thing that brings wrestlers to Penn state is the coaching staff, mm-hmm. the tradition that's being built. And I'm going to be completely honest with you. I don't think there's another environment in the country. That's as great as rec hall. Um, I, I'm still a, a huge proponent of having the, the, you know, the yearly or, or twice a year match in the Jordan center. But mm-hmm. I've been going to these matches and I've been a season ticket holder for 15 years with my dad and the best matches I can remember never happened in the BJC. They always happen in rec hall. Yeah. I think that I don't ever see the big, like the Iowa, the Ohio state, the Michigan's being back in rec hall just because there's too many people that want to see those matches and it's Mm -hmm. just too confined in rec hall. But I think that you could definitely, argue that you're gonna probably bring in some big recruits if you bring some of those matches back into rec hall at least at least temporarily if if there's some standout recruit in a few years and he's mm-hmm. really up in the air over three or four different schools and penn state's one of them who knows Kale might bring that biggest match to rec hall and, <laughs> and invite that kid to that match just to just to experience that atmosphere yeah. um but yeah i think just the tradition overall of athletics at penn state's just I think it wins a lot of people over. They see how passionate the students and the fans are and the mm-hmm. alumni. And I mean, it's hard to say no, I guess, when you get to get on campus. It's it's just, you know, the atmosphere is incredible. 
Yeah. So now I know we don't know the official schedule yet. I think it comes out next week, if I'm correct on that. Um, but you did say you're you're kind of saying they're going to just walk away with the team title. But how many individual titles do you think they're going to end up with this year? It's tough to say. I don't see Levi Haynes getting anything but first. I'm mm-hmm. going to be completely honest with you. I'm not going to sit here and say that seven guys are going to be winning national titles this year. Mm-hmm. I would say at least four. At least. Um, I think if I had to pick one and I would put my entire yearly salary on it, I would bet Levi Haynes is going to be a national champion this year. Right. That's a fair take. Now, now give me a dark horse that could end up doing it, but you're not super confident at the moment. I'm not going to say I'm not confident in him, but I think Dan Kirk Levette's going to make, make some noise this year. And, you know, there's impending rumors that, you know, looming rumors that Gable Stevenson might come back and, mm-hmm. and wrestle for Minnesota again. And I think most people would probably put him at the top and, I just think Kirk's got such a chip on his shoulder the way last year ended with mm-hmm. Mason Paris. And I think he really wants to get that one back. Um, I think he's been so close for so many years. I would, I, I'm going to put it on him. I really think that he's going to do something this year. I really think he's going to be on the top of that podium in March. Awesome. And then uh last thing I got for you, and this kind of has to do with recruiting just because this is our first one. I want to pick your brain a little more. Um, now, obviously back to back number one recruits in the country. Do you think with the way the transfer portal works now, do you think going high school recruiting is the better move or do you think going transfer or do you think it's a little mixture of both of kind of what they're doing currently? It's tough to say. Um, It really depends because there are kids that come out of high school that are highly, highly recruited and highly sought after by a lot of different colleges and they just simply Mm -hmm. do not pan out for whatever reason. Yeah. Who knows? The one that comes to mind for me is Jimmy Goulibon. I mean, mm-hmm. this kid was a four-time Pennsylvania State champion. He was a four-time Ironman – or not a four-time Ironman champion, but he won Ironman a couple of times. Mm-hmm. Um, Jimmy Goulibon was, was you know, just such a huge recruit for mm-hmm. Penn State. And I can remember, like, his redshirt year thinking that, man, he is going to go into that room and he's going to just be a sponge and soak everything up. And <laughs> he was disappointing – and kind of underwhelming. I'm not going to sit here and say that he had a total failure of a career because he did not. Jimmy Goulibon was an All-American, and that's mm-hmm. something that very few people in this world can say. Um, I'm still a huge Jimmy Goulibon fan. I think he was the absolute man coming out of high school and going into mm-hmm. college. But the way that Penn State has kind of taken to the transfer portal and attracted so many big names, we got Miguel, um, you know, you have Bernie Truax now. There's a mm-hmm. lot of really strong names that came to, that are coming to State College. Um, I honestly think that it just is sort of dependent on how much you're going to trust a high school kid to come into college and be able to keep that same work ethic and mm-hmm. that same drive because it's a totally different game. Um, there are kids that come out of high school and they dominate and they're just tremendous athletes and they get into a college room and they realize that everybody is as good as they are. And I think for some of them, that's kind of a mental blow, but in college, when you, you attract a kid from another college, they already have gone through that kind of that, Mm -hmm. the ringer of, of being in a college room every day. And so I think that, this past year, you're maybe seeing Penn State kind of adopt the let's go get some kids out of the portal mentality. But mm-hmm. 
I think that's just more the safe play, uh, to be completely frank with you. Now, mm-hmm. to be fair, it's not a given every time. I mean, um, you know, Penn State got um, Penn State has had recruit or had transfers in the past that just didn't pan out, and you know, we're yeah. supposed to be supposed to be, you know basically insurance policies for a national championship and it just didn't pan out that way. So it, mm-hmm. it, it's a case by case basis, but I think the safer play right now is probably do the transfer portal, which is why they were so they, they really pushed for, for kids to come from other colleges this past all season. Yeah. I think it definitely helps having an NCAA experience too. Like you said, some Absolutely. high school kids show up and it's like, Oh shit, these guys are like pretty good. <laughs> like, Right, right. And, you know, it's it's hard to go from kicking everybody's ass to getting mm-hmm. your ass kicked every day. <laughs> but, yeah, I can only imagine. I mean, <laughs> it's, it's a, you know, it's a total shame. But, um, mm-hmm. you know, it's a different world when you get to college. You know, you're on your own for the first time if you didn't go to a prep school. And mm-hmm. some kids are just maybe not necessarily burnt out, but maybe they're a little more focused on the fact that they are there for an education ultimately. And, and that's what they're going to do post post-college some you know yeah. being as successful on that world scale and the international scale is i mean that's 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 something that is extremely difficult and you're seeing kids that are exceptional college wrestlers with mm-hmm. incredible resumes struggle to get picked up in the international scene yeah. just how it works yeah and i, I lied to you i'm gonna ask you one more um, it's kind of, kind of, sorry, I keep, I keep forgetting. And then I'm like, oh, I got this question, this question lined up, but, uh, last one, I promise on this one. Now I know this lineup's filled with like three-year guys, seniors, five-year guys, six-year guys at this point, it looks like, um, but what, is there any freshmen that anyone should keep an eye on any specific freshmen coming in? Mm, that this would start season? this year? Not, maybe not start, but might get a couple matches or like a couple of um... invitationals. Or maybe watch for the future. It's tough. It's I, tough I know to it's say a, off the top yeah. of my head. I'm gonna, I'm trying to kind of think here. Um, I mean, not necessarily a freshman, but I'm really hoping Robbie Howard starts this year. Mm-hmm. I think one thing that we've seriously lacked as a team, Penn State, is just firepower right out of the gate at dual meets. Mm-hmm. It's been a really long time since so he had a good 25-pounder. Nico Megalutis is probably the last one I can think of. Yeah. Um, Robbie Howard's obviously dealt with a lot of injuries, and, you know, they're pretty stacked at 25. You know, Gary Steen filled in pretty well last year. He had a he had a big win against Michigan State, but that's not somebody you're going to depend on to really push mm-hmm. a lot of things, a lot of that's not somebody who you're going to really depend on to come out and have a winning record and contribute a lot of team points at the national tournament. Mm-hmm. Um, so I would probably say Robbie Howard is probably my big, my big pick for people to watch for who haven't, that people haven't seen yet just because he's been injured, you know, both years he's been on campus and mm-hmm. it would just be great to have a kid that comes out and really sets a tone for the entire duel. Cause it's been a long time since Penn state's had that. Awesome. All right. Uh, anything else before, uh, anything, any tidbits, any comments or anything before we sign off? No. Um, I don't think so. I do want to give a shout out to um, the incredible medical staff that's been taking care of Sammy Sasso. I hope that kid gets everything mm-hmm. that he can get, and I really hope I get to see him out on the mat. I'm a big fan of him. He's a he's a Penn State native or Pennsylvania native, excuse me, from Nazareth. So um, thoughts and prayers to that guy. He's he's a fighter. So I'm hoping he I'm hoping he 
I'm hoping you get to see him back on the mat eventually. Yeah, that would be that would be huge for him. But um, just tell the people where they can find you, other than obviously PennState.Rivals.com, but also on uh, t- Twitter or X, whatever the hell you want to call it. Yeah, you can follow <laughs> me on you can find me on X, formerly known as Twitter at uh, mm-hmm. at Clender Joey. Um, you know, you can shoot me with messages or mm-hmm. tweets, whatever you need to do, and I'll try to get to you. So yeah. Same for our YouTube channel below, or if you're listening on the podcast, check out our website, and you could uh, submit any uh, Penn State wrestling questions you have, and we'll we'll try to answer them on these uh, on more pods going forward. But for me and uh, Joey, that's another episode of the uh, Good Morning Happy Valley podcast. Signing off.